Nigeria unexpectedly hikes its key rate to 13% and in Senegal, its inflation rate is at a near 14-year high. We also look at the South Sudan-Ethiopia Electricity Memorandum of Understanding and its impact on economic development. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Ethiopia has signed a memorandum of understanding with South Sudan to export hydro and other cheaper energy to Juba. According to the Ethiopian Electric Power, the power utility, Ethiopia has agreed to export an initial 100 megawatts of electricity to South Sudan over the next three years. Analysta Cole Dog, who is Managing Director at Oras Consulting, joins us for this episode. What are the components of the Electricity Memorandum of Understanding signed between Ethiopia and South Sudan? The government of Ethiopia and the government of South Sudan have signed a Memorandum of Understanding to uh, export Ethiopian power to the Republic of South Sudan. And the contents of this MOU is that South Sudan will be getting power from Ethiopia and they're going to start at about 100 megawatts per year and gradually over three years go to up to 500 uh, megawatts per year. Now, the MOU um, is also stipulates that there's going to be an agreement to have, have power lines coming to South Sudan. And some of these are going to be a power line from the border of Ethiopia all the way to Malakal, the capital of Upper Nile State, which borders uh, uh, Ethiopia. Energy is key for South Sudan's continued industrialization agenda. What does this new MOU mean for South Sudan? Energy is very critical for South Sudan's growth and development I mean, if you think about uh, any country's ability to grow and develop, and it's their ability to industrialize, going from a primarily based economy to a secondary economy. South Sudan is a country now that is a post-conflict country that is eager to develop. And what this, this, this deal is going to do for South Sudan and is that it's going to allow South Sudan to get access to power, access to cheap power and reliable power that's going to be brought from Ethiopia. And what this can do now, it can enhance security. When you have power, you can have security, especially in areas that haven't seen power and are very rural. And with power, you can now connect telecommunication lines, telecommunication towers to areas that previously didn't have access to telecommunications. Number two is agriculture. With agriculture now, you can now encourage farmers to, to farm using irrigation schemes, using pumps, um, and using more modern technology because now that you have access to power. And on top of that, you can now... Uh, have small factories where you can you can uh, create milling plants for agricultural produce, such as the area of the Sobar River, which is on the border with Ethiopia, is very very area fertile for the growth of maize production. So there's opportunity to have a milling plant for maize there and supply uh, uh, the region. Uh, in terms of Upper Nile region and also export to Ethiopia. The Grand Ethiopia Renaissance dumps controversial nature. Does this raise any future concerns for South Sudan? I think the biggest concern for this dam is the controversial nature of the dam and considering the relationship between Ethiopia and Egypt. And that's a concern for South Sudan's foreign policy is many people wonder how will this deal affect South Sudan's relationships with Egypt and South Sudan's relationship with Ethiopia? Because now by uh, taking power from uh, Ethiopia, importing power from Ethiopia, South Sudan is now endorsing the development of the dam. That's how many people began to perceive it. But at the end of the day, South Sudan is an independent, sovereign country and must do what's necessary for its people to ensure that its people have access to power and our people are provided with the the conducive environment for growth and development. So I think uh, the controversy is going to be there. Of course, the the Renaissance Dam is a very controversial topic. 
and has created tensions between Ethiopia and uh, Egypt. But I think we'll see how this plays out because I think there can there's a potential for a peaceful settlement of this dam as I think that this issue uh, can be handled amicably. That was a call dog managing director at Oris Consulting. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Now, the Central Bank of Nigeria unexpectedly raised its monetary policy rate by 150 basis points to 13 percent at its May 2022 meeting against market expectations of 11.5 percent, bringing borrowing costs to the highest since April of 2020. It's the first rate hike since April of 2016 amid concerns over inflationary pressures and despite signs of a fragile economic recovery. In April, inflation quickened to an eight-month high of 16.8%, staying above the central bank's target range of 6-9% of almost seven years. Meanwhile, the latest data showed Nigeria's economic growth slowed for the third straight quarter in quarter one, hampered by lower oil production. Africa's biggest multilateral lender has announced a $1.5 billion fund to boost grain production to help avert potential food shortages stemming from Russia's war with Ukraine. The Africa Development Bank will use the facility to supply about 20 million farmers with climate-smart certified seeds and fertilizer. This will facilitate the rapid growth of 38 million tons of food, including wheat, corn, rice and soybeans, equivalent to about $12 billion increase in output over two years. The African Emergency Food Production Facility is designed to boost the local production of cereals and oil grains as the most effective and efficient way to build the resilience of Africa's food systems to respond to war-induced price increases and lessen risks to supply in the short to medium term. Staying with agriculture, modern smart farm machinery is vulnerable to malicious hackers, leaving global supply chains exposed to risks. This is according to experts. It's feared hackers could exploit flaws in agriculture hardware used to plant and harvest crops. A recent University of Cambridge report said automatic crop sprayers, drones and robotic harvesters could be hacked. Smart technology is increasingly being used to make farms more efficient and productive. For example, until now, labor-intensive harvesting of delicate food crops such as asparagus has been beyond the reach of machines. The latest generation of agricultural robots use artificial intelligence, minimizing human involvement. They may help to plug a labor shortage or increase yield, but fear of the inherent security risk is growing, adding to concerns over food supply chains already threatened by the war in Ukraine and COVID. Last year, one of the world's biggest meat processing companies, JBS, paid $11 million in ransom to resolve a cyber attack. This month, top U.S. agriculture firm AGCO was hit by a ransomware attack that affected production. The Serum Institute of India, SII, the world's biggest vaccine maker, is considering setting up its first manufacturing plant in Africa as it looks to expand globally after its success in selling COVID-19 shots. Africa is the only continent that did not have its own manufacturing capacity for COVID-19 shots during the worst phases of the pandemic in the last two years, leaving it at the mercy of suppliers from overseas, including SII. SII Chief Executive Ada Ponawala said they're looking at countries like South Africa and Rwanda, to name a few. Ponawala says he's meeting some African officials in Davos to discuss his plans. Asked about the possible investment, he said such projects typically require around $300 million. 
The annual inflation rate in Senegal rose to 7% in April of 2022 from 6.2% in the previous month, reaching the highest point since September of 2008. Main upward pressure came from prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, restaurants and hotels, clothing and footwear, and also housing and utilities. By contrast, communication costs fell farther. On a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up by 1% after a 0.8% decrease in the previous month. In ivory cost, the annual inflation rate eased up for the third straight month to 4% in April of 2022 from 4.5% in the previous month. It's the softest inflation rate since last July amid a further slowdown in prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages of which Fresh vegetables and unprocessed cereals made a huge contribution. On a monthly basis, consumer prices went up 0.4% following a 0.1% uptake in the previous month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With a Dong.